everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm here with Dustin Long from NBC Sports. Dustin, first race of the year. How are you? Hey, I'm just happy you pressed the record button. Yes, I was just telling <laughs> Dustin, uh, my, my 12 questions hasn't come out yet, but um, so I recorded the 12 questions with Kyle Bush today and I have this brand new recorder. My, my patrons, some of my patrons got together to help get this recorder. It's so shiny. It's very nice. So, you know, I'm setting all this up. I, I, I bought microphones for it, all this stuff. So I'm sitting there and, and, you know, I'm like saying to Kyle Bush, are you ready? He's like, yeah. So I start talking. He's like, uh, dude, you got to press record. I'm like, did he oh. say, did he say dude? Uh, I think maybe yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Fortunately, I did figure it out, and and uh, we did it did record. So I've I've confirmed the audio came out of Kyle's mouth into the microphone that you're holding, and into this. So now let's make more podcast magic, shall we? Slave <laughs> um, hand here. <laughs> yes. So what did you uh, what did you make of this race today? I mean, it was you know, kind it's of it's just, it's just really kind of interesting. I mean. I know some people are saying, well, there wasn't as much action. And it's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen for the Daytona 500? And I guess there's part of me, and maybe I've just done this so long, um, is how many times have everybody or the media and the fans judge what's going to happen the Daytona 500 based off what happened at the clash a week earlier now again it's a little bit different this year because it was a day race and like last year so there's a little bit more similarity in that sense but even with less practice time you know these teams still are going to have chances to work on their cars I think it's interesting talking to some people in the garage where you may see a little bit more action in the practices I mean, still people want to be careful about protecting their their Daytona 500 cars. But, I mean, you know, like last year with the – I think there were a couple extra practice sessions than what there are this year, that there will be sessions where teams weren't going out. There will be sessions where um, maybe it's like 15, 20 cars or something like that, and that would be it. You'd get a small group uh, drafting, and, and that would be it. I think you're going to see a little bit more uh, drafting more people together in some sense or maybe just more teammates working together. But I think um, there's an emphasis on handling and, and teams are going to work on that and they'll get better with that as the week progresses. So I'm not at the point of, oh my God, look what happened today. This is what the Daytona 500 is going to be like next Sunday because teams are smart. They'll make adjustments that doesn't mean there still aren't going to be challenges. I mean, it's going to, if the forecast is, I believe, I think it's supposed to be warm, you know, again next Sunday, um, you'll be the challenge of that, the challenge of the no ride height rule and how it affects the handling. Um, but I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want this easy. I mean, it, I, well, I, want, I want this hard. Here's the thing, though. I mean, we were talking to the drivers. You were out there yeah. with me on pit road after the race, and they're saying that it was so hard as far as the handling and controlling the cars that – instead of being wide open and riding around and having that chess match where they're all in the yeah. pack and they're all trying to pick one position off at a time and try to side draft this guy and try to get up there and all that stuff. Instead of doing that, they're actually driving the cars, which at most other tracks you're like, okay, yeah, fine. But for plate tracks, it seems like when they're driving the cars, or at least more than they are used to at Daytona, they can't really be side by side as much or racy because they're so they're just so worried about trying to hang on to it and not wreck and not crash into each other that the idea of like side drafting 
or running three wide. It's just not as practical. And so, and, and they can't really get a, a run that way. I mean, they, you know I, what I mean? I, I, mean I, I think what you say is, is a fair statement, but I also say this. For the most part, there's a difference between practice and racing. Fair? I mean, you agree with me on that? Sure. Okay. okay, so some guys were in the draft in practice on, on Saturday, and now they're in a race with more cars in the draft. So it's a new rule. It changes the handling somewhat. We've also heard uh, guys talking about how big the runs are, how they seem to be bigger runs than, than, than previously. So there's, there's an adjustment period. So if I'm not confident, comfortable, certain of what's going to happen, I'm not ready to put my car in a position all the time in a risky maneuver. Now, that being said, uh, there was one moment, I can't remember what lap it was, when Blaney, Ryan Blaney was third, went down underneath Truex, who was running second, and then went right back up in front of him and made the pass essentially on his own with getting the push. Now, and I asked Ryan about it, and I said, you know, that seemed to be an aggressive move, and it looked like that it might have been helped that, that, that it was at a point in the race where maybe Martin let up a little bit to let you in because it wasn't worth fighting. He's like, hey, yes, it was an aggressive mood. I was clear. Whether I'm clear by three feet or three inches, I'm clear. I'm taking that spot. Yeah, so, that was – you know, that was very aggressive, and, and Chase Elliott was doing, making those same kind of moves. Well, there was one instance, too, when um, – uh, what was it? Was it, was, it, it was, was it Hamlin pushing Chase? or No, Chase pushing yeah. Hamlin. No, Hamlin pushing, pushing Chase. Chase. And they really made a hard charge through. That was a, a really impressive run. So I, I think that there are some spurts there of things that you can see. Now, if it's going to be difficult and challenging, I think in one sense is that a good thing in the sense of – you have to be more aggressive. You have to be bold. And by the time of Sunday, they will run uh, in the duels. They will run in practice. They will run 400 miles uh, in the Daytona 500. Um, they're, you know, maybe they're not going to be totally comfort, but there's going to be more of a comfort level in the last 100 miles of the Daytona 500 than what 17 drivers felt uh, today in a 75-lap race. So um, that's why I'm, 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 I'm going to be interested to see the progression as we go through the week. So, and like I said, and maybe I'm just an, an, an old timer and, and, and need to be put yes. out the pasture. <laughs> no, uh, but that's why, I mean, I've been here so many years where it's easy to get wrapped up on what happens in the, in the, in the, the clash and fast forward it to, this is what's going to happen in the Daytona 500. And frankly, most times it's never like that. And it's like, I've been here where years where they, after the clash, they predicted doom and gloom and of like, oh my gosh, this Daytona 500 is going to be awful. You can't mm -hmm. pass, you can't do that. And it's like, wow, they made this move, they made this move, they made this move. Look what happened here, look what happened here. So I think it's part of, I mean, it's, look, as a fan, yeah, first race of the year, man, I want to see passing left and right. I want to see uh, battle down three cars to the, the, the finish line at the end of the race. You know, it doesn't always happen with that, like that. I mean, it's, if it does, it's a great way to start the year. But I think, I think that there's a, a level of patience. It, this is, again, this is a new thing. Uh, if it was like the rules hadn't changed and we saw a race like this, then, yeah, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This is a concern. I think 
let's see how they progress. And I, I can't remember, it was, maybe it was one of the drivers we were both around or somebody was, I remember saying that, you know, was asked about what the duels will be like and essentially said with the duels, there's more cars, there's more action, there's more energy. The lines will react. Everybody will react a little differently. So yeah. uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the duels are to see if there's much action or if it's a case where everybody is going to be so protective of their car that um, it's going to be more of a, a single file type of thing. So I'm going to be intrigued about about that, um, and and we'll see where that goes. Well, let me first of all let me start with the duels because I was talking to Eric Jones about this, and he was saying that the duels are probably going to look a lot like um, the Clash because since it's an impound race, they've already set up their cars, they're sure, already sure. done, and they. They all figured they're going to put whatever setup is in the Clash cars. They thought that was the best for the Clash. They thought that was the best probably for the duels. So at least for the start of the duels, you're probably going to see a lot of the same, at least how this started out. Maybe it develops how how the Clash did where they all run up against the wall. But going back to what you were saying about practice and maybe by the end of the week after they've practiced a lot more, they'll feel more comfortable. But why not take the advantage take advantage of the opportunity that you have in race conditions because it's so hard to replicate the race conditions when you get in the draft even you know even if you get some cars together and they and they go run out uh run out on the track and practice eight cars or whatever they're not it's not the same as when they're really trying to make moves and really yeah, trying to sidetrack right. so here they had an opportunity and you know why not try something a little bit more now and that's, and that's what was, that's what yeah. and that's what Kevin Harvick told us on while sitting on pit he road. He said after he was surprised. Race. Yeah, and 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 I agree with him. Is that um, it is surprising as he pointed. It's a non-points race. There's no stage points. I mean, it's and this car is not being in the day is not going to be running the Daytona 500. And you know, in one sense, there's not a whole lot to lose. There's a whole lot to gain. You can look at it from that point of view. So in that sense. It was a little surprising. I guess what I would go back to, if I'm not comfortable or if I'm fighting the car, right. I'm not ready to make those big, bold moves. So now Kevin told us, what was it? He said felt good about the stability of his car. So, I mean, so, okay, there's a guy who maybe hit it right mm-hmm. but couldn't make a move because it's you need some other people to do it. Not everybody was willing to do it, and so it was, it was tough. I, I remember there was one point when – the four Toyota cars, latter part of the race, went down to the bottom. They were running 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. All went down to the bottom. They were the last cars in the first group, if I remember right. I think there was a, bit, a little bit of a gap. And they were 8, 9, 10, 11. They went down, uh, tried to do something on the bottom lane. Couldn't do and it. And eventually moved back up, and they were 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah. And so, again, that's, you know, if it's. You know, if it's late in the race in the Daytona 500 and you see four cars coming, okay, that's probably going to bring some other people down. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so then then you then you create the chaos and and so forth. And maybe you see some of that at the end of a stage if somebody wants to grab a few points, um, type of thing. So I, I think there's still that element there. Like I said, you're right, and, and just like Harvick said, there was this question of like, why wasn't more of this being done? And, and the only thing I can think of is, okay, if 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 guys are talking about how much of a handful it is. I'm not sure I'm ready to, to make that move. And if the car is such a handful, how much am I going to learn? Um, and if it's such a handful and I put myself in a bad position and I wreck with 30 laps to go, what have I, you know, I've, I've taken away 30 laps of learning. 
That's uh, true. Um, so, but, I mean, it's, there's two ways to look at it. And like I said, I think you're right. I think Harvick's right. And I think, you know, not being a driver, but if, 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 if I'm fighting to handle the car and I'm in sixth place, maybe that's where I stay at that point. Well, and we saw drivers get frustrated and impatient. Um, you know, Austin Dillon was like, look, I'm going. I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to get hung out. I, I got to try something. Hopefully, and this is the race to me. do. And this is right. and this is a race right. to have that attitude. Right, for sure. But as a viewer, you know, it's. I think it was really frustrating. As is the if the drivers are frustrated, you know, the viewers are really frustrated, right? Because, in my opinion, because they're everybody's sitting there, and and the broadcast is building it up, and we're building it up on Twitter, and you know, you, just, you can feel the anticipation built uh, rising. Like, okay. They're single file right now, but at some point they're going to make a move. At some point they're going to gather up. Based it was on what a little surprising. Before. I was I was anxious because I was on, I walked out of the pit road the last seven eight laps, and so I was waiting to see when they were going to make that move. Yeah, and like, it just okay. kind of it kind of and, and, and it 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 happened later than I thought. I think there really wasn't much until like two White to go flag. one. Yeah, really? and so that was, and again I I almost would say that that's because. Everybody was still fighting their cars. They didn't feel like they could make something. And and at that point, there weren't enough cars to f- maybe they felt like that they could go down low and really do something. I, it kind of reminds me of what year was it at Talladega Where when they all Kenseth, ran against the wall? What, yeah, and Kenseth kept. I think it was Kenseth was one guy who kept going down, and nobody would go with him. Yeah. And and it was just like, God bless Matt Kenseth for trying. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. And so like. Again, this is it's uh, it's been a long winter. It's good to hear hear and see cars on the track. Um, some years it's a it's a fabulous clash. Some years it's a yeah okay. But if I'll say this, if 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 the choice is great clash and mediocre Daytona 500, or maybe a mediocre clash and a great Daytona 500. Well, I'm yeah, take of the, course. I'm we'll all take, take that trade. So, so, so if there's frustration, again, I, I guess I would express. That doesn't guarantee. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't do, uh, no, it could be. Uh, but uh, like I said, I, I guess I would express patience in that sense. Um, you know, I so don't. The I, wise, I'm not ready you're the to wise go. Wise man seeking. Uh, and I'm not saying patience. And I'm not saying that because I'm an NBC and I want you to watch all year so you can watch us come July 1st, Chicago. Uh, I, I mean, it's <laughs> Good it's. Plug. It's uh, <laughs> NASCAR America comes back on Feb- on uh, February 26th, Monday after Atlanta, uh, after the Olympics. But no, it's just it's just it's it's easy to jump to a quick reaction and let's. That's what I'm uh, good let, at, Dust. That's all. That's my whole game. That's my whole game. Is patience. Is, I, I'm patience. jumping to reactions off the Vegas test with like six cars. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating the results on the Vegas test for the entire season, Dustin. So what happens? What, what's going to happen? What, 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 I'm, what's going to happen this season? That William Byron's going to win the championship based off the Vegas test. and Larson is going to win like the most races and the Toyotas are and, doomed. And, and Keselowski's going to sweep the, the, the plate tracks, I guess, right? Yeah, the exactly. That, yeah. Well, I will say, let's, let's go back to the, the little bit more of evidence that we do have. Sure. Um, than just the Vegas test, but the Fords, because you mentioned that we were talking to Kevin Harvick and I, I, I think I was the one that said, but it doesn't matter who, but I, I think I said, um, yeah, you know, some of the other drivers were saying their car was kind of unstable or whatever. He's like, mm, no, yeah. like my mine was pretty comfortable. And we built that into the car. Um, then Logano comes in the media center and he's like, you know, it's like, 
oh, well, how, how different did it feel with this new packaging? He's like, no, oh, I thought it was going to feel a lot different than it did. Yeah. And I, I went to sleep last night feel, thinking it was going to be kind of changed and it wasn't. So obviously, and Keselowski's happy with his, Blaney felt stable. So you look at the Fords and they're like, oh, this feels pretty good. Well, the Chevys and Toyotas, I mean, uh, Dylan and Eric Jones at least are like, oh, it was all over the place. A handful feel uncomfortable, feel unstable. So if the Fords feel good and they, that, I think that gives them a let a leg up for the rest of this week because they already, so today they finished one, two, three, four, four. and they've won the last seven restrictor plate points races. Now seven in a row, these, these Fords, I mean, Brad Keselowski says that the Fords, um, are at a disadvantage, like on the mile and a half and stuff, but they have seem seemingly an advantage with the way their cars designed at the plate tracks, don't you think? I mean, they were they were obviously were strong last year, and 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 you know you look at Keselowski, and can you not make the argument maybe he is the best restrictor plate driver oh, yeah. you know out there, and, uh, of, and maybe of his generation. I would and go that and far. I think and could you not and where would you rank Joey Logano uh, because he's had a good bit of success. Um, yeah. So those guys work their way, found a way, maybe stability is the issue to work your way up. Uh, again, will it, again, it was in the what low to mid eighties, you know, that, that it was, was a, it was very nice, Dustin. It, well, but again, that's still, uh, I mean, it's a nice day, but yes. that's still the sun beating down the track. That's going to make it warmer. So it felt yeah. like summer. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it would, it, yeah. Some years we've been here, it felt like spring, uh, this felt like a summer day, and mm-hmm. it, it felt like that a little bit yesterday. And so it, it, you felt the warmth, maybe just because we've been in the cold for so long, but it, it did feel warm. And so I don't know. I just, I just, I just think that, um, you know, the Fords have the stability. Maybe that's the way to go right now, and that gives them the advantage. Now, can the Chevrolets and the Toyotas build on that stability? Now they'll have a chance beginning with Thursday's duel to work on that. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll refine that uh, a little bit more. Obviously, they'll take more of what they learned in the clash because it's going to happen at the same time of the day as the Daytona 500. The one advantage of the duel is you know, the Daytona 500 is going to end at twilight. So, you know, from the first heat, first qualifying race, that's going to be maybe potentially about the time of the, the end of the, uh, the Daytona 500. So that'll give you an opportunity to work on that. Uh, at the beginning of the race to work on your end game in a sense. But I think, um, I, I, like I said, it goes back to the progression. Let's see how these teams progress. And, and, and yeah, if you're going to say who's going to win the Daytona 500 right now, okay, I'm going to put my money on a Ford. Yeah. But, but what happens come Thursday? What happens comes Friday and Saturday? What, comes, what happens, you know, come the first 400 miles, uh, you know, Sunday? So um, Brad Kozlowski – we haven't really given him that much credit, uh, I'm, or at least, I mean, in this conversation, we haven't talked about him too much. Um, he has won one career race at Daytona points race. Um, he's won five career Talladega races, yeah. and now he's won the Clash. Yeah. Um, what does he have to do to surpass Dale Jr.? <laughs> and I don't know who else you'd throw in there as the best plate racer of this generation. Got to win a Daytona 500 first. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean uh, you good, know. Good point. I mean, <laughs> look. Can't be the best plate racer if you don't win the Daytona 500. I mean, it, it, you know, he is very good. There's no doubt about it. And 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 look, Talladega, the track's wider. There's more options, more opportunities, more things you have to do uh, in blocking. He does. He does 
a fantastic job of once he's out front controlling the pack. And now I will say a lot of that's Brad, but I also give a, a, a good Joey amount Meyer. of credit, credit to a spotter Joey Meyer, and that Joey, you know, Brad can look through the windshield, but Joey can tell him what's going on in the cars further back and where that line, where the momentum is building. Is it the top line, the bottom line? Brad can make that move. Brad's very good. It was one thing that I noticed about, what was it, Chase Elliott's, was it his rookie year? I think he led here in one of the races or at some point led a race. And, and when he was going back and forth, it was more, it was choppy. And, and he didn't have that smoothness that a guy like Keselowski did. Now, again, at the time that Chase is a rookie or young, you know, and Brad has more experience. And then I think it was like last year, you know, when Chase was leading, it was a lot more smooth. You could see the progression and what Chase has in controlling that, that the, the pack from the lead. And I think Brad is very good at that. I think Joey's very good at that. I think it goes to spotters. I think if Joey's in that situation, let's see how it goes. Now he's got a new spotter with TJ Majors. Again, this was a debut race. And it was interesting. I, I talked to TJ in, in the garage earlier this weekend, and I said, what – you know, he, he had sat down with Joey and I watched, you know, watched footage. And, and basically what, what he did was he called it as if he was on the radio. And this is how I see it. This is how I call it. And I said, okay, well, what did Joey ask you to change? Nothing. He wants me to do it the same way that I, I said, okay. I wouldn't you, want him to change anything. And I said, well, you, I said, well, you talked a lot. I said, I know Tab Boyd talked a lot, but you talked probably even more to Dale Jr. Are you going to cut that back? No, I'm going to do everything the same. So... He says the only thing is just kind of learn, you know, there were certain words and just kind of getting used to the verbiage a little bit in that sense. So, again, it, it's um, – and I think that's one thing when you look at Brad is the success he's had, he's had the same spotter. And they've got a very good system. And, and you know, a guy, like I said, like with, with uh, Chase Elliott, Eddie DeHaan, been with him for a long time. And so, you know, helped him through that progression. So, I, I think with Brad – I mean, he studies. You know, remember he was the one. Was it uh, one year at Talladega? Came up with the move that's kind of what snookered Kyle Busch that he'd been studying and thinking about. And so, I mean, he is a thinking. He is a thinker, and this is a, and everybody talks about this is a chess game. So it should, uh, in one sense, reward the thinker. That doesn't mean it's always going to work because there's there's other factors that you can't control. If if I'm making a move, I can't control what fourth and fifth or, or sixth are doing back there and if suddenly they get together and make the move I may want to come down maybe too late because of the the momentum and I've just misjudged it so um yeah win a Daytona 500 you become more of that conversation or go win another six seven Talladega races <laughs> yeah so okay one Daytona 500 equals six or seven Talladega well races. no it doesn't equal that but <laughs> um so Dustin let's uh before we go let's talk about this skew thing that seems to have reared its kind of ugly head or not very attractive head anyway with the cars going down the straightaways uh they are pointed toward the wall never seen this before i've never seen this before i've seen i remember the cars crab walking yeah toward the corner so it could help them turn yeah. easier but to have it the other way they've have no ride height rule now so they can get them low to the ground they have reverse skew yeah what do you think of this? I, I mean, look, if that's it, it's the way the rules are and allows you to do it, you want to get that that uh, uh, right rear spoiler out of the air as much as possible because that's going to slow you down. 
you want the speed. And, and again, it depends on how much stability. Again, that goes back to uh, you know maybe some people had it uh, skewed uh, you know one way or the other to to get more of that stability or or less that stability stability and get more of that speed. So what was it? Right, was it, was some it, people what, were too aggressive on yeah. it. And so maybe that's why their car wasn't handling so great because yeah. they were over skewed or not aggressive enough. Well, yeah. I mean, but who was it? Was it uh, after qualifying? Was it Eric Jones? It was talking to us and talking about innovation, saying, "Hey, look, the sport's about innovation. This is what it is. It's innovation." And you know, people want to see innovation in the sport. Well, here you go. They're reverse crab walking. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny though. I have to say that um, you know, fans in general complain about NASCAR's policies and the rules and inspection and things like that. And then, um, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's too, they're too much in a box and, and they don't, they don't give them the creativity and the freedom anymore. And then I just have to poke a little bit of fun here because I've seen on Twitter with this crab walking thing. Oh my gosh, this is so ugly. They should outlaw this. How can NASCAR allow this? This is, this is really ugly. I just thought that was kind of funny that it's just, you, you can't really have it both ways in that situation because this is creative and it's yeah. really impressive to me that not just like one organization or manufacturer yeah. showed up like this. They all showed up like this. That was, that's crazy. It's like they all knew in the off season. Oh, well, if NASCAR is going to let us do this, this, that means we're going to do, do this. this. And they all thought of yeah. it. Yeah. That's crazy. There's a lot. Well, of I mean, they're people. all, I mean, they're all finding, they're all looking for speed, right? They're all looking for speed. So how do you find it? You get that spoiler out of the air. All right. How do we do it? And, you know, that's once you get the rules now that now the number one thing is how do we how how do we do what within the rules uh, in the gray area or what the rules don't say? How do we work within those areas to get that speed? And, you know, you you get rewarded with uh, potentially a win, a poll or what have you. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's what your job is. So in one sense, I understand, you know, being surprised in another sense, it's like. You know, if, if my team didn't come out like that, I think I'd immediately question my competition director, technical director, engineers, and, you know, say, give me a reason why I shouldn't fire you right now. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Well, let's get out of here before you fire anybody. Um, let's give our picks for the Daytona 500. Do you have one? I'll, I'll go first. There will be a you, winner. A winner? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with this Ford thing. I think at this point it would be a surprise if a Ford didn't win, of course, Daytona is unpredictable, but I still think it's going to be a Ford. And I really, I don't know. Do you not owe Daryl Wallace Jr. your, your vote after uh, having him on the podcast and not putting him in the playoffs? I'm sorry. Although, although I guess that would oh, go against Chevy, your pick. Though, but now, yeah, he's a Chevy. Um, I will say that I liked what Kevin Harvick had to say about his car yeah. today. And that was very interesting how he was like, no, but we, we've built some stability into the car. He obviously lost the draft, made a mistake by trying to side draft and slow it down, slow it down too much, but he learned his lesson now better now than then. Right. So, um, maybe I'll go Kevin Harvick just based off that little, am I, cause you know what? Like I said, I like to extrapolate or like take this little morsel of information and project it onto everything, including the biggest race of the year. So, all right. Well, how about it's 20 years since Dale Earnhardt. So the three car goes back to victory oh. lane with Austin Dillon then. Oh, the three is going to win it. <laughs> 20 years. Oh, my gosh. And he was in victory lane with Dale Sr. Yeah. as a kid. And he could, like, win it. Oh, what a story that would be, Dustin. What a story. 
There we go. We'll, 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 again, I want to see what happens the rest of the week, but if we're going to make a pick now, let's. Okay. Why not? So no, I mean, no 88, huh? Pole winner. I think he could be up there too. Maybe he's pushing the three. Okay. <laughs> 88 pushes the three to victory. What a dream. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Um, oh, one more thing, Dustin. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to do my first was it a good race poll of the season. And I'm going to ask people, was it a good race? What will the percentage be? What do you want to guess? Um, I'm guessing you're going to think it's probably going to be in the 60s. I think that I don't know if people liked it that much. I was okay. thinking it was going 50. to be in the 50s personally. Okay. Um, I'll let you, you know, you guess first, though. Maybe maybe it'll be in the sixties. A lot of some people seem to like what, it. I, I guess what's what's kind of the median? I, I, it's a while uh, since I've seen your list, so yeah, you know the high is what rarely, 90, the highest is ninety three. I think was a Martinsville race or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, I think that a plate race rarely goes below fifty. I don't think there's I don't think there's been a plate race below fifty, yeah. but um, hmm, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, I mean, in one sense, it, it didn't have the fireworks that people maybe wanted or hoped for. Um, again, I, I would say, I don't know, maybe I'll just be overly generous and say 60, since I said, I'll, I'll just say 63% or something. Oh, like that's that. a pretty good guess. All right. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say 58% just because that I probably would have gone 62 or something, but I don't want to price is right you on that one. box you in so we'll see who's closer dustin thanks for joining us what do you have coming up uh just a lot of different stuff from uh, nate and i down here nate ryan my colleague and uh i know i've got a lot of work to do the next couple days even without any track activity be a busy media day on wednesday um you know i think valentine's day we're going to spend valentine's day together it goes till 8 p.m so we're going to be having a romantic media interview on valentine's day night are you romantic, bringing me a gift or anything? Romantic uh, Valentine's dinner at a fast food restaurant because there'll be no place else to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's something to eat Wednesday. Unless Chick Fil A is all booked up on reservations. Tijuana Flats, yeah. McDonald's, Burger King, somebody. <laughs> so Subway, that's what we have. Man. That's what we have coming up. Dustin, thanks again for joining us and uh, everybody else. I think I'm planning on doing the first twelve questions of the year on Tuesday, and then Thursday will be the debut of the new feature called how I got here and Steve O'Donnell is interviewed for that. And it's going to be stories this year telling us um, how people made it to where they are in NASCAR. So hopefully you'll find that. That interesting. sounds good. I look forward to, to listening to that. It's, Thanks. It's a good idea. It replaces kind of, the social spotlight. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, I think sometimes we, we get used to the story of the individual where they are now and forget about the stories of where they came from and the stories of riding in the pickup truck or something uh, and having the dually and, and going, you know, 14 hours to go run a race and then coming back home that weekend and going to school the next day and, and, you know, parents and others taking people along and, and just, you know, the, the winding road. I mean, that a lot of people take that, uh, I mean, even like a guy like Chase Elliott, you know, everybody just, you know, assumes had the, the, was it the golden spoon or what, what, you know, 
the, the things that he had to go through, um, you know, to, to get in on all the long days to get to this point and the travel and, and this and that. So I, I, that, that sounds like a great series. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. So thanks again, Dustin, for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. <laughs>